welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and, and thank you for all of your support. Thank you for everything you do to make the Old School Thoughts podcast successful. Last week, I had my cousin, Michael Titus Terrell, as a guest, and she was talking to us about Thanksgiving. She took us on a journey back to her mom's house. And I always say mama. <laughs> but she took us on a journey back to her mama's house to prepare for Thanksgiving. She wanted us to have this visual of what her mother, Dorothy Davis Titus, was doing to prepare for Thanksgiving. The love and the blessings that that came along with preparing that meal. And before we shut down that particular episode with Michaela, Michaela gave us some words of blessings. She wanted us to, to think about the food that we were receiving. She wanted us to think about the family gatherings. She wanted, wanted us to understand the blessings. And if you were like me and you listened to her part, her episode, you closed your eyes and you could recall how your parents or relatives gathered for Thanksgiving. But on Thanksgiving Day, I was sitting down. My wife was preparing a Thanksgiving meal for the two of us. And I looked at the television screen and I saw the cars that were in line to get food. In those cars were children. In those cars were desperate parents. In those cars were sole providers. In those cars were people who lost their jobs. In those cars were so many stories from people who are struggling. They're suffering in some kind of way. I lost my appetite. I just just couldn't see myself enjoying my meal. I was thankful. I was grateful to my God. I just couldn't. I lost my appetite. I lost my appetite to celebrate watching so many people and knowing that so many children are in line hungry. And I started going through my mind on what can I do? I don't have enough money to feed everybody. But I started trying to figure out what can I do at my level to make an impact. And I reached a conclusion for myself. I asked God to help me come up with an answer for what 
I can do this day forward. So when I was preparing for this particular episode, I was actually scheduled to interview my brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law wanted to cover his teenage years growing up in South Carolina. And we have spoken several times over the phone. And over the phone, he has really provided some exciting episodes, some great stories. But when he was close to recording, he wanted to put his thoughts on paper. He wanted to make sure his thoughts were not scattered. I understood and I accepted what he had to say. And no pressure. I don't want any pressure on anyone to tell a story because really with this podcast, there is no preparation. It's just a conversation and a story. But what I've always followed and I've passed it on to my children, I've told them, when you prepare to do something, make a plan. Don't be lazy, make a plan. But when you make your plan, I want you to leave room for God to intervene. Now, when God intervenes, you may be, you may move in a different direction. Don't fight against it. Move with the flow. And you will find out that you will reach your destination the way you want it to reach that destination. You have to leave room for God to intervene because he knows what's best for you and how to get you there. It has happened throughout my life. It happens all the time. With each episode of Old School Thoughts, I start out with a plan. But I leave room for God to intervene and say, there's a different message that I want you to prepare. Now, I had this message set up for my brother-in-law. But this morning, I received a call from my niece as she was driving to work. And during that conversation, she decided to share some of her life experiences with me. She talked to me about going without. She talked to me about lifetime experiences that left her in some pretty dire situations. Then she shared experiences of other people who were in the same predicament, same position, 
sharing same rooms and how they made it through and even how she made it through but as I was listening to her tell these stories and share her experiences I was on the other end trying to put myself in her shoes and I couldn't she's my niece I love her I don't want to I didn't want to hear that she had those kind of bad times I didn't pray for that to happen for her but you know what God God intervenes and he made me realize just what empathy really is you know as we get older we we develop vocabularies we develop a vocabulary of words we learn cliches and those cliches become a way of life when people die we say I extend my condolences I sympathize we say things of comfort and we mean those things I remember when some of my friends parents died before I lost my mother and I used to walk up to them and say everything is going to be okay they lived a long life. I had no idea what I was saying. I had no idea of how my friends felt. But when my mother died, one of my closest friends walked up to me, patted me on my back, and recited what I said to him when his father died internally I wish that there was a hand on my back that could have pushed his hand away I <laughs> I was finally in his shoes I wasn't empathizing I was literally in his shoes so that leads me to this conversation about just what is empathy? When we hear someone and talk about a situation and we say, I empathize with you. You're saying, I try to put myself in somebody else's shoes. But that's the extent of it. We are trying to put our feet in somebody else's shoes. But I asked God immediately, God, how does this apply to old school thoughts? How do I get the listeners to apply this to what our families did? What happened when we were little? Because old school thoughts has taught me that everything that we have done there's a historical perspective. 
and we talk about how the neighbors aren't as close as they used to be. We talk about how joy is not shown like it used to be shown. We're talking about all the things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. And when I took the word empathy and I applied it to our ancestors, my parents who were brought up during segregation, during Jim Crow, during Reconstruction, during slavery. It wasn't empathy. They weren't empathizing. They were literally wearing each other's shoes. That's why when someone needed a comforter, they shared a comforter. When someone needed shoes, they gave someone shoes. When someone needed socks, they gave someone socks. When someone needed pants, they gave someone pants. When they needed a shirt, they gave someone a shirt. When they needed a jacket, they gave someone a jacket. And people accepted all of those things because what? They wore each other's shoes. They all understood it. They've all felt those things. They knew what it was like to go without. They knew what it was like to be threatened. They knew what it was like to live in segregation. They knew what it was like to lose a family member. They knew what it was like to live in a home and air was going through the walls. They knew what it was like to not have enough room in the house. They knew what it was like to share their experiences that everybody dealt with. And that is why when someone came over and said, may I have a cup of sugar? They knew that they were going to turn around and ask for a cup of salt. They knew what a cup of flour meant. They wore each other's shoes. And so when I realized that I'm listening to my niece talk about her experience, it's almost, it was the same as when I listened to Willie Haynes and James Daniels and so many others talk about what it was like to live in the rural South the country south and I'm saying I didn't experience what you're experiencing I can empathize because I am trying to put myself in your shoes but I only had an imagination of what they dealt with and it's a hurtful imagination but what is the growing point for me the growing point for me is that I have finally matured enough to realize that we collectively 
We vote for leadership. And when you're at the bottom of the economic pool, when you're at the bottom of any kind of pool, you fight just like people who are at the top. You want a leader. You want to put somebody in there who's going to remember you when they reach their goal. And you want them to relieve you of your struggles. But we find ourselves going from one leader to another leader, still saying this one is going to deliver. This one is going to deliver. But we realize that the group doesn't have the ability to wear your shoes. Some might empathize. Some have probably even worn your shoes. But the group that makes the law, (laughs) they don't wear the same shoes. So to me, that explains why we are not as close as our ancestors were as neighbors, as friends, as protectors, as comforters, comforters, in so many different ways. Because maybe our shoes have changed. Maybe we don't wear the same shoes anymore. Maybe we realize that some of us have air in the summer and heat in the winter. Food on the table every day. And then the response can be, but God said that will be poor amongst you always. Is that a cliche for some? Though it's a biblical verse for others. We have come a long way. The distances that we have, that we share, sometimes take away from wearing each other's shoes. And we're left with just empathizing, trying to wear somebody else's shoes. This was my reflection. This is the direction that I was taken down to leave this message. I hope that you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. I love you. And until next time, be good.